It's Tuesday, the 6th of April 2021. It's Jim, and it's the Easter and Spring special of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds, bringing to a close season three before a short break uh, for the school holidays before we start on season four at some stage in the next couple of weeks. I hope you all had a good Easter. Um, very strong economic data out of the United States while we were away over the bank holiday weekend. In particular, you'd point out non-farm payroll, the employment numbers that came out on Friday. Uh, 916,000 new jobs created compared to uh, expectations of more like 650,000. And there are also some positive back revisions as well. So um, 150,000 new jobs were found from the previous couple of months. Unemployment rate now down at something like 6%. The wider measure of unemployment that the Fed uh, has talked about, U6, at nearly 11% still though. And, uh, you know, still some talk of the missing 8.5 million jobs in the US economy. But certainly a lot of that job creation now coming through in those COVID-sensitive uh, areas like hospitality and travel and, uh, and so forth. So uh, recovery rebound on the back of vaccine, as, as we know. Um, economic surprise indices are something that I think is important to look at. These are kind of measures of where the economic data comes in compared to the street forecasts, effectively. And I must say that having seen this weekend's numbers come out of the US, I looked at the economic surprise indices for the US this morning and expected to be at the extremes, but they're not really. Um, they're still very much positive, but really the peak period for US economic surprises was June to mid-December uh, 2020, and they've been much lower since then. So they were twice as strong as they are now in October, still beating, but I think that a lot of the good news now is, is now priced into the economic data or be it with um, some still chances of some blowouts as we saw just then and you know not just in the the employment data but another thing that people look at are in the the survey data the ism um, the kind of surveys of uh, business decision makers across the US economy we know that the manufacturing isms have been very very strong I think the highest data we've seen since the 1980s well, um, over the weekend that we were away, the uh, services sector came in with a new record high. I think the records for that go back to the 1990s, but a new record high, uh, positive surprise coming out of um, the ISM service sector as well. So good news across the board now. Um, other news we had was Yellen um, saying that she doesn't think that the new stimulus package will be inflationary. Um, she also talked about harmonised global corporate tax rate um, because the new stimulus package on infrastructure will be effectively financed through corporate taxes. And I guess they're worried about the competitive situation of the United States if they hike and, and no one else does. Um, I think it'd be a, a nice idea if they could get that going. But having been a, a, a low tax um, economy for a long time, I think um, Europeans and others would, would not be too um, open to the idea of harmonising two US taxes um, and allowing them to to kind of get away with it to some extent. So unlikely to happen, but you know, she has got a bit of a selling job to do in Congress to get higher corporate taxes through. Uh, there's certainly not so much support for this stimulus package as there was for the last one. So what does all this mean for bond markets? Well, we have the US 10-year Treasury bond yield at 1.7%, which is off its highs, but pretty much at its highs. And the same is true for inflation expectations. 
as measured by tips yields. Um, so the market is though starting to think about the removal of monetary stimulus from the US economy, um, given the strong growth numbers we've got coming through. And so, you know, we, we were thinking that tapering might be as early as 2022, um, perhaps the first quarter. I've seen some broker notes this morning talking about um, a discussion about tapering starting as soon as June this year with actual tapering being announced in Q4 of 2021. And when we look at what is priced in in the way of rate hikes, well, um, we have the first hike now priced in for 2022, not until the end of 2022, but thereafter we've got a, a total of nearly four hikes priced in by the end of 2023. So obviously a big move in US Treasury bond yields reflecting now expectations of an end to tapering and a rate hiking cycle coming in uh, through. I think we've got a long way to go before we're, we're sure about that happening. Um, we are going to have some high inflation numbers as we talked about. Oil was off uh, about 4% over the past couple of days, but it's still up towards $60 a barrel. And so we're going to have a, a, a positive base effect throughout 2021 that will lead to headline inflation in the US potentially hitting nearly 4% this year. But that is all about the base effects. We still do have that missing 8.5 million uh, jobs in the United States. And so um, I think it's probably probably still a bit premature to be talking about so many rate hikes but nevertheless that's where the market has moved and it's also where the US dollar has moved so relative to the euro you know let's look at that, those 10-year yields uh, 1.7 in the US minus 30 basis points in the in the eurozone for Germany so that's a two percent difference in 10-year yields and that rate differentials moved up um, over the past couple of weeks by, let's say, 10 basis points. So US dollar assets looking more and more attractive um, in terms of the yield pickup you get. And that's led to the dollar doing extremely well and the euro being very, very unloved. And the investor positioning was the wrong way around for all of this. So most people were short US dollars, most people very long the euro. So that has hurt a lot of people in markets. And the strength of the move in the dollar has been exacerbated by positioning in the face of strong economic fundamentals. So let's think about what returns have been year to date in 2021. Uh, surprisingly, dollar investment grade corporates are down 4.6%, uh, which is a bigger loss than US Treasuries of minus 4.3%. Not much in it, but, but there you go. And there might be a duration effect in that. Uh, as well. But generally, credit has done pretty well of late. So I think it probably is a, a duration driver there. Let's look at mortgage backed securities in the States, they're down just 1.1%. Uh, Euro investment grade down 0.7%. But when you get into the high yield asset classes, we are up 0.8 in dollar high yield, we're up 1.6 in Euro high yield, US loans at 1.8. And when we get into equities, of course, um, we have new record highs. So the S&P finished above 4,000. Dow also at a record high there. So the S&P's up 6.2% year to date. Gold, uh, the big loser, um, down about 11% from, from its high um, in the midst of the kind of flight to quality panic last year. I guess the other asset class we've seen big movements in over the past couple of months has been NFTs, which many of us probably didn't even know existed. 
um, until we saw the Beeple artwork get sold for, I can't remember what it was, something like 70 million US dollars, although it wasn't actually paid for in fiat currency, it was paid for in uh, in cryptocurrency. Um, but NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are the new thing to play with in, in markets at the moment. So those were the returns. Let's think about, I did say spreads are exceptionally tight. We're back down to where we started 2020 before coronavirus became a, a thing. But let's just have a look at some, some numbers to bring that into context. So US investment grade credit spreads currently at 91 basis points. They have been a little tighter. Um, they've been at 88, but um, a, a year ago they were at 134. Um, something like that so um, pretty pretty much um, down quite substantially and the widest they got to was 283 so you know if you manage to buy at 283 you've seen that come all the way down to well below 100 basis points uh, for triple B's within US credit we're now at 71 basis points sorry 112 basis points 71 was at single A's and in a high yield world we're at 310 which is bang on the one year tight there we got out to 942 basis points um was the wide and pretty much the whole market was trading as what we'd call distressed in us high yield um uh, the wides it got to a year ago and if we're looking at what proportion of the us high yield market is trading at all time tights well um it's all of them so um no none of the 632 members of the US high yield credit market um, has traded below where we are now, certainly not within the last year or so. In European credit, um, we are at 90 basis points for investment grade and in high yield 309. So pretty much bang on the same spreads in euros as in um, dollars. And we have seen European credit slightly outperform of late compared to US credit. When it comes to fundamentals, um, we've had more downgrades than upgrades over the course of 2021. So we've had $203 billion worth of downgrades from non-financial uh, investment grade credit. Only a billion of that fell out of the investment grade universe and into the world of um, high yield. Um, the biggest kind of cohort of fallers were fallers from single A into triple Bs. And triple Bs are now by far the biggest cohort of non-financials. They make up 62% of non-financial investment grade debt. That's a new record. There's also a new record for um, for the market as a whole, including financials, where it's 52% of the market is now triple B. So triple Bs are the big uh, constituent of that marketplace. Um, that's pretty much all on market updates I've got for you this morning. Uh, a couple of other things to, to mention. Um, always dangerous to talk about Scottish independence, but worth reading the FT article over the weekend. Um, I once did a blog about whether Scotland would have a AAA uh, credit rating as an independent country ahead of the last um, referendum vote that we had a few years ago. And uh, it didn't go down very well, it has to be said. I think I turned off my email and my notifications uh, shortly after I was asked to appear on, on Radio 4 at lunchtime to, to explain myself. Um, so I won't be going there again, but, but it is worth, worth a read um, there, you know, to, to show what the impact of independence would have on the financials and just suggesting that the cost would be the need of annual tax rises or spending cuts 
of um, £1.7,000 uh, per person to reduce a deficit to 3% of GDP. Um, and at the moment, it's kind of forecasting a public sector deficit as a percentage of GDP of something like 9% compared to UK as a whole of about minus 2. So, um, you know, as for all countries, coronavirus has had a big hit to finances and that would make... Uh, a nascent independent Scottish uh, independent budget a difficult thing uh, for it to deal with not necessarily the the main argument in this case in in any case and I must say my own personal views on independence have have changed um, over the years as well so um, it's not the only thing you need to consider but certainly a difficult ride and uh, you know talking of Scottish guilt obviously it was April Fool's Day last uh, well on the 1st of April as you know and um, you know they will Scottish guilts will get called kilts I'm sorry to have to report even though it was reported as an April Fool's Day joke I'm afraid that's that's going to stick now so uh, there we are on that other things to note before we finish off the, the sad death of Robert Mundell who I remember studying at um, University Economics 101 who came up with the optimal currency area idea you know that the kind of academic basis behind the European community or behind the United States of America for instance well worth reading you know some of the obituaries at least to um, get a, a view of how he thought about what might work as a currency area and what might not work as a, a currency area and obviously lack of a single language for instance is or is one of those things that that works against an optimal currency in contrast to the united states worth reading um that and then finally finally to to finish up on before we head away for easter holidays for those of us who are going um just from wikipedia something called zero stroke which i've never heard of before zero stroke an alleged mental disorder reportedly diagnosed by physicians in Germany during the hyperinflation in the Weimar Republic, which was 1921 to 1924, so uh, 100 years ago now. Uh, the disorder was primarily characterised by the desire of patients to write endless rows of zeros. So um, the dizzying speed of hyperinflation and the calculations required to conduct commerce um, made some people go off and start writing pages and pages of zeros, a bit like um, the guy out of The Shining, uh, Red Rum, Red Rum. Um, but then again, I'd never heard of that before, but uh, worth a read if you want to do that. Have good holidays if you're going away or staying in the parks of London or elsewhere. It's gorgeously sunny here. Um, we'll be back with season four at some stage. Have fun. Good luck. Bye.